You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Hello, I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And you're listening to the Australian Finance Podcast. A podcast where we talk about money, finance, investing, and all that good stuff. We're helping you invest your time and money better one podcast episode at a time. Yes, so please subscribe if you like the series. And don't forget you can find us on social media. We're on all the platforms. Kate, where can people go? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Rask Australia. That's R-A-S-K Australia. Mm -hmm. And I'm Owen Rask on Twitter or Owen Rask AU on Instagram. Beware the imitators. People like to copy us. Without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Owen, are you a spender or a saver? I'm probably a spender, Kate. What about you? I used to be a lot more of a saver for probably the past six years, and now I've probably become a bit more of a spender this year. Yeah, right. What makes you say that? I've been spending a lot more on experience this year. Such as? Going to a lot of shows and musicals and um, going out with friends a lot more, which I wasn't doing for quite a while because I was studying and working full time, which kind of made me be a saver by proxy because I didn't have any time to spend the money. But I'm definitely a pivoting towards the spending part this year. Yeah, right. Okay. Actually, I have noticed that yeah. in, uh, <laughs> in your behavior and in the way you speak as well. You've been saying, that's not too bad. Whereas in the past, you might have been a bit more mm. aware um, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where we talk about finance, of all things. So, um, if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe on your favourite podcast player. Kate, today we're talking about saving versus spending, and we get a lot of questions. This is a thing that a lot of people struggle with internally, whether they're spenders, they're like sieves, money hits them, it disappears, or whether they're savers and they have a lot of anxiety with spending money, so they end up saving more. Yeah. And it's a topic I haven't thought about too much recently, but after a few discussions with friends who were really much talking about how do you actually find that balance, especially when you start learning about investing and you realize, oh, I actually want to put money aside each month. Mm. Then it becomes a little bit harder to find that balance between spending 
and saving because you want to put money away for future you, but you also want to enjoy current you. Mm. And then I feel like the more you learn about investing, sometimes it becomes harder to find the balance. Mm. I agree. Do you think people know what a sieve is? Um, I don't know if they baked a cake, maybe. Done yes, some the pasta. sieve's that thing that you put flour into and you shake it around a bit and then the dust comes out the other end. That's a good analogy for people that, like myself, maybe that spend a bit more than we should. Um, and I, yeah, I agree, Kate. Like as you go through life, you kind of like ebb and flow through different, you probably like it's more like a, a pendulum, I guess. You swing from side to side and you think I'm spending too much, I'm not saving enough, um, I'm not spending enough, I'm saving too much, I've got too much anxiety about money. Then you meet a partner and you're thinking, well, how does this come together? This is something we tackled recently in a conversation. Um, and so I, I would say I'm more on the spending side, but I'm probably doing the reverse of what you've done. Yeah. I'm probably going from spending a lot. Now I'm like, oh, I want to save more because I don't know. I'm, I think this is like classic economics. As interest rates go higher, more people become savers. And it's not just because interest rates go up. Interest rates typically go up because people get fearful about their jobs and the economy. Mm. So they save more. And so this is economics in action. Um, and I'm definitely playing into this. Like I'm seeing, like I'm like, oh, the stock market's down. Things look pretty scary. Maybe I'll save a bit more. Yeah. And you're getting rewarded for saving at the moment, which is another interesting factor at play here because you're getting quite a significant amount on your high interest savings accounts like we've had the episode recently. So there's more incentive and, and goods are getting more expensive. Our coffee's more expensive. So there's more incentive to start saving. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it's costing more to spend, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's economics in action. That's macroeconomics. When we talk about the big picture, like the whole of the country or the world, that's macroeconomics. And when we talk about things we do in our wallets, like every day, that's called microeconomics, meaning small. And so that's how the two play around with each other. There's an economics lesson. Didn't yeah. think we'd go there, there go. but we did. Um, so, Kate, so people tend to identify with labels. Yes. So some people, like there's a lot of, I think the the best personal finance books talk about psychology because they, and they say that money is very individual and there's no one size fits all. But we do try and put people in a box, right? We try and say, you're a spender, you're a saver. Or we go, you're a pragmatist, you're a realist. You know, there's different money personalities or archetypes. Yeah. How do you think about this? I really think if you label yourself as a spender or a saver, you start to embody that behavior a lot. And especially if someone has said, oh, you're a very frugal person, you never spend money, or, oh, you can't even keep a dollar in your bank account, you spend all the time. I sometimes think those labels can actually be more harmful than good. Because mm. if you're believing it, if everyone else around you is telling you that, then sometimes it it just becomes your personality. And for most of us, we want to find a healthy balance in the middle. We want to be enjoying now and we want to be looking after future us and like so many things we talk about in the podcast you can do both and it's going to be up to you to find a balance and it's not going to be the same balance all the time like you might be saving a lot one year because you're saving up for a house deposit or a holiday and then you might have bought that house and suddenly the kitchen needs a reno the bathroom tap falls off like a lot of things have to be done and it might just be a year where you have to spend a lot of money and so things will swing up and down. You might have started a family and you've got a lot of costs there. Or it might be a year where it's just you, you're in lockdown and you can't spend any money. So then you can save more money. So um, I think it's good to know that you don't have to be the same person the whole way through and you have to find that balance for you. And that, like we can talk about budgets and everything like that to the cows come home, but it, 
it's really you working out what do you, what's coming into your bank account, what's going out of your bank account, mm. what's left over at the end of the month. Is that something you're happy with? Do you want to increase that? Do you want to decrease that? Is this the time of your life where you want to spend more or you've got some really specific savings goals that you want to save more for? Mm. Um, I, I agree. Uh, it's kind of like retrospectively, so like looking backwards. Um, have you ever done, you've done those like 16 personality quizzes and stuff like that, right? Yeah, the the, six, the INTJ one. Yeah, and then there's the there's another one, the love languages. It's the five love languages. And these are all, all these kind of tests that we do on ourselves to figure out not just who we are compatible with or whatever, but we try and assess ourselves. And whenever I do them, I always think to myself, this is good, but it's not me. And a yep. lot of people like subscribe to this idea that that is who I am. And they can give you a guide to what relationship you might have with money or just in general. Um, but at the end of the day, they do have limitations. So just use them as a basis for just kind of self-reflection. But at the end of the day, just remember that particularly in finance, there are no right or wrong answers. And you're going to be, you're going to go on your own journey. Yeah. And that's something that we kind of champion because we get a lot of, especially in finance, we hear a lot of like polarizing debates. It's either you're a saver, you're a spender, you're an investor, you're not. You're property or shares. Property or shares. Super you, or not yeah, super. Yep. Yeah. Growth investor, dividend investor. Like there's all these labels that we give. And I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do is trying to break down those barriers and just say you can do it all if you want to, mm. or you can do none of it. it and everyone's really finances look completely different. Like if we got all of our listeners across the two podcasts and we lined all of their portfolios up and their entire financial situation side by side, I can almost guarantee that no one's finances will look the same. Just like when you walk down mm. Swanson Street in Melbourne CBD, you won't see anyone wearing the exact same combination of clothes and shoes and hats. Like everyone will have a different combination. They've got the same tools, but they're going to use them differently. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that's, that's really interesting too, because that's actually when we come to creating these podcasts, we have obviously the finance podcast, which we're talking into right now. Then we have the investors podcast, which we tackle more investing topics and go a bit deeper into things. Um, we have to speak in a very different way because we know our audience is going to have different preferences around that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. We're just that's just our attempt to try and break it up to be like this is more for like getting started and and staying on the road. And this one over here is more like an intellectual thing where, you know, if you want to consider yourself advanced, air quotes, you might go over there kind of thing. Um, so, Kate, the ten things activity which we've talked about a lot is really important when it comes to figuring out: Am I spending too much? Am I saving? Am I? What do I just need to do to figure out myself? Yeah, I've mentioned the 10 things activity a lot, but if you're new to the podcast, it is essentially looking for your budget for the last three months and what you've actually spent and going, where do I spend the most money on in my life? What are those 10 big categories? Mm. Maybe it's going out for meals in the city or it's for a lot of people, it's going to be housing, it's going to be bills, it's going to be groceries, it's going to be transport. But there's going to be a few other things that fall in that list and write them out in order from the most you spend in a month to the... 10th most thing yep. you spend in a month. And then on the other side, and maybe do this on a different day so you don't sort of confuse them, is writing the 10 things that bring you the most joy to spend money on. And you might need to go back through six months of your bank transactions and go, what purchases actually made me really happy when mm -hmm. I spent money on them? And then you want to be comparing these two lists side by side. So we've got a PDF to help you with this, but 
you could just do it on a napkin when you're out at the cafe. And you really want to compare, is where I'm spending money aligning with the things that bring me most joy to spend money on? And there's going to be things you can't take off that list. So you need somewhere to live. So that would be a savings type category thing. Yeah. But there's things, if you don't really care for having a big house with a lot of room, you might be able to spend a bit less. Maybe you share a house with someone or live in a smaller place or house hack some way or rent out a room because you don't really, the housing situation isn't as important to you, but you want to spend more money on the things that bring you joy in the other list. So it's working out how you can better align those two lists. It's not going to be perfect because there's a lot of those non-negotiable needs that we have to spend money on, but there are usually small changes you can make to bring those lists closer together. Basically, what I find and what you've said there is that like a lot of people spend emotionally justified logically, spend $100 on a dress, they think I'll, I'll wear it twice, $75,000 Toyota Hilux if I'm a tradie, but I need it for work. Like We justify things that we've actually bought emotionally because of wants, and then we try and turn it into a need. And so understanding the difference between those two and actually being real with yourself is where you get to the bottom of that kind of internal friction that you have. Kate, you've identified four reasons people spend money and I think this helps break it apart and then maybe we can dive into some examples. Yeah, so understanding that we are going to be spending money because there's a lot of things we have to pay for to live uh, and there's a lot of things we just want to spend money on because they make life awesome. Coffee. Yeah, coffee, going to a show, having brunch with friends. Like these are all awesome things and spending money is a good thing. And I'm definitely not, we're not the podcast that talk about being super frugal with your money. Like we both enjoy spending money. Um, we try to find a healthy oh, yeah. balance, but like Owen bought some weird t-shirts the other day. Oh, yes. Brought him a lot of joy. <laughs> yeah, they did. And I'm going to get them today. I'm very excited. So if you listen to the Australian Investors podcast, our other show, Drew and I will be sporting some new attire in the next week or so, so check that yeah. out. So we're definitely not demonising spending. I just want to talk about spending a bit more with intention and knowing the reasons why we're spending money because yep. a lot of people feel really scared about even looking at their transaction history for the last three months. The money just comes in, it goes out. They don't really have a huge awareness about where it's going. So if we look at breaking our spending down into four categories, and this might be work for you and it might not, you might have to figure out a different set of categories. But the first one I will look at when I'm spending is, is this spending based on a need? Is this something I need to spend money on? So groceries. Mm -hmm. Coffee? No. Well, it could be for you. Like okay. it, it might be different. Like coffee I feel like it's a want because I could make it at home. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you're going to have to categorize this. But electricity, paying my water bill, paying Rent. my rates, all of that stuff. Yeah. It fits into that need category. Now, we might be able to lower the costs of things in that need category slightly by changing providers or talking to our landlord or calling up our bank, but mm -hmm. those costs are going to stay there. They're kind of those fixed costs, slightly negotiable, but they're going to be rock solid. Okay. So that's bucket number one. Yeah. Actual things that you need. So legitimate things. Yes. Yeah. Um, spending based on a want. Yep. So entertainment coffee, mm -hmm. eating out, travel. These are all things you want to spend money on that bring joy to your life. Mm -hmm. And then also sometimes spending falls into emotional spending. So there's sometimes we just spend money. It wasn't necessarily a need. It wasn't a want before a particular moment in time, but we might be feeling sad or we might be feeling very hungry or we might be feeling lonely or we might be feeling FOMO. And so suddenly something that- Fear of missing out for the younger folks in the room. I think most people would know that one, Owen. Uh, yeah, well, when you get over 30, Kate, these things just whoosh, straight yep, over the straight head. Straight over your head. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So <laughs> these are things that you you didn't need. You didn't 
want to spend money on necessarily before this emotion hit, but you're in this environment, this emotion hits, and you're spending money. Yep. And these are the things I think you need to be a bit more mindful about because they probably won't weren't in your mind at the start of the day. Yep. Okay. So a lot of people, when they get bored, they get spendy. Yeah. Yeah. When people get lonely, they try and get some retail therapy. Yeah. I mean, it might not be physical loneliness. It might just be in your head. Guilt spending as well. Guilt spending. Yep. Absolutely. And also, yeah, I've experienced like sad spending, just like some joy in your life. (laughs) Just on a moment where I was feeling sorry for myself um, a few years ago. But anyway. Kate's (laughs) moved on from that. She's very happy now most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time. Yes. And also spending based on your environment. So that's another thing you really want to be mindful of because- Whether it's you're with a group of friends and everyone's pressuring you to buy a certain thing because they're like, oh, that dress looks at really good pub. on you. And you had no, in- oh, you, you were going to the pub. All right. Yep. So maybe that's peer pressure because everyone buys around <laughs> and then you're like, well, I have to buy around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Spending based on peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, they're not doing it on purpose, but it's, yeah. Yeah. And group think just things that if you weren't in that environment, you wouldn't have spent the money. But just because you're there, you then end up extras. It's like when people add on things, like you're at a, hairdresser and they're like, well, since you're here, you may as well get some of this really good conditioner and shampoo as well. Yeah. And we'll just add it to the bill. Hairdressers, I tell you what. Yeah. <sighs> um, but no, like at the footy, you're like, well, you got to have a pie at the footy. Yeah. You got to have a mid-strength beer because then it's a full strength. Yeah. So. And sometimes this yeah. is completely fine, but I think it's just be more mindful about those emotional and environmental triggers that make you spend more money. Because if you're looking at your bank account, you're not really sure what's coming in and what's going out and you don't know why you can't figure it out. It might mm. be because something, there's an emotion or there's an environment trigger that's um, hitting your spending there that unless you can identify that, like it might be that on your lunch breaks, you go for a walk, but you walk past shops and you end up buying things on your lunch breaks. And that might be where the money's disappearing to. Yeah. So just being mindful. I just want to bring something up here. As I was researching for this episode, um, I went to the National Capa- Financial Capability website. I don't think I've ever been there in my life, but it was a trip. Um, and when I was there, the very first line that they say on their spending versus savings page is, it's always a good idea to save money. That was their opening line, right? And this is trying to educate young people, so I don't want to begrudge it too much, but that is wrong. It is not always a good idea to save money. And if we get that mentality into our society, all of us are going to be miserable when we spend money. Yeah. And that is exactly the opposite of what we're trying to say here. We want you to spend, but we want you to spend mindfully in the things that bring you happiness. And if we just reframe it, if you reframe it, yeah, I can spend money, but it brings me happiness. And I'm happy with that. You know, that's okay. That's why we have it. You know, money by itself doesn't bring any happiness. It's what it turns it into. It turns into something. Mm. And so I just want to kind of inject that in here. We're talking about spending on, based on your environment, which you've got an example of just a moment. Emotion. We mentioned there's some negative emotions and some positive emotions that lead to spending. Um, there's wants and needs, but spending as it's as it overall is okay. Yeah, you know, it's great for the economy. It's great for the economy. You know, for you, and that's yeah. we just want to get through. It's spending with intention. Yeah, and, and knowing why you're spending. Yeah, a bit. And if you do this, like a lot of people, you know, the reason that we, when we look at our bank statements and we feel really emotional and we think I can't do this, like. Melissa Brown um, from the Money Bars has said before, I think she was on Triple J one time when she said this, that there's some studies that show people would rather stand in front of people naked than look at their finances. Yeah. 
And that's because we have this culture of, I should be spending more. Um, when really, it doesn't matter. It's okay. If you take away that stigma of, I've got to save more, you're going to be a lot happier. You just got to be comfortable with whatever you're doing. Mm. I just want to bring that up, you know? Yeah. Good news story. Yeah. No, it is good. And I think sometimes I get questions on, well, how much exactly should I be investing each month and how much should I be spending or how much should I yeah. be spending on travel? But there's no one right answer. It's you have to do the work to understand yourself and what you want your finances and your life to look at before you can figure out those numbers. For sure. Um, so one example, I mean, that brings in all of the the need, want, emotion environment is something that many of us will be familiar with, and that is spending money when we're at an airport. Yep. And they've got us captured. We're waiting for five hours, maybe on a layover between flights, or we got to our international flight at Tullamarine in Melbourne really early, and we are captured in that environment, yep. and we start to spend money quite differently. And I think if this is a good reflection activity. If you think about the times you've been to airport or some other kind of terminal where you just have to wait for hours and hours and hours and you end up spending money at all sorts of different shops that you probably weren't spending money at before, mm -hmm. you buy very overpriced food because you're hungry and you're bored. Mm -hmm. You might go into the bookstore and buy some books or some magazines. You might go and buy some snacks, but you start spending in a way that's a little bit different. Yeah. I find that with airports in particular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. As you're saying that, I was just reminded of the Melbourne airport where there's like two different food areas. Yeah. And everyone that flies Jetstar now gets the best food options and everyone that flies with like, yeah, the airlines get all the cruddy stuff. It's like, anyway, whole thing. Um, that's a really good example. I think there are many examples like that. Like I mentioned the footy before, if you go to a sporting event, yeah. you almost feel obliged to buy whatever something there because rather than pack your own lunch mm. and the fact that there's security now looking in your bag, um, you're probably like less inclined to do that as well. But there are a lot of environments where that comes in. Yeah. And then if you know you're going to be in that environment and you're going to want to buy food, then maybe when you are budgeting for the trip, you put some airport spending money into your budget because you're like, well, I'm going to be spending money there anyway. Yep. And that's helps pass the time. And I know I'm going to be bored and I'm going to be just twiddling my thumbs and the flight's going to be delayed two hours, so I'm going to need more coffee. Mm. So factor some of that in. And so if you understand that you're going to have environment and emotion spending cues, you can actually add that in when you're planning your finances. So then you don't go, um, when you get home from your trip, oh, I feel really guilty. I spent like $200 at airports that I hadn't factored in. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And um, for me, I feel like in the spending versus saving debate, the easiest thing to do is to automate all these savings and then you know whatever's left in your account is basically what you can spend if you want to. Yeah, and that's the like the pay yourself first budget where you're going, okay, well, 50% of my paycheck or whatever works for you, again, it's yep. personal, automatically transfers into your savings account and then you use that money to invest, you use that money to contribute extra to super, you use that money to put towards a specific savings goal and then the rest, everything else left in your bank account, is for all your needs and wants. Mm. And that's it. That's what you've got to spend that month. Yep. But you have to know how much you need in that need column first. Yeah. And, you know, we can try and get those things down, but sometimes there are things that are okay to spend a little bit more money on, which we'll get to in a minute. So basically, Kate, what you're saying is you've got these four kind of ways that money leaves our bank account, if we think yep. about it like that. We've got like needs, which are absolute necessities. Yep. Wants, which are things that we just want to spend money on. But then there's the other two that are like triggered by something and they're triggered by our emotions, so boredom in the airport, um, based on the environment. So if you're at a 
uh, a music concert and you think, well, I'm going to go buy this $6 bottle of water. Well, it's probably your environment that's contributing to that. So if we can try and think of those four categories when it comes to our money. Yeah. So the next time you're getting out your Apple Pay or your card or you're auto filling your payment details online because they've captured them all, you'll just give yourself 30 seconds and go, okay, why am I spending? Yep. Is it? It's just to put a tiny little kink between that uh, impulse to spend money or maybe it's a need to spend money and the fact that you actually put those card details in and just think to yourself, okay, where does it fit in? Because keep spending the money, but just be mindful of why am I doing this? Mm. Is it because I'm bored right now? Is it because this is a bill and I have to pay it? Um, and just being a little bit more mindful before you uh, tap that card. And I would just say, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. As you do this, if you beat yourself up about spending something on something, you're going to be miserable. Like It's okay. We're saying it's okay to spend money. Go and spend. It's good for the businesses around you. It's good for the economy. Go and spend. Just spend mindfully. That's all we're trying to do. So don't like, think that just because you do this activity with your money and your finances or you check in with yourself that that's a bad thing and you need to be punished um, because there is a balance. And if you don't find that balance, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. So when you're about to spend money, like these three questions help me mm-hmm. and I just run through why am I really spending this money? Is it based on the emotion, need, want or environment that I'm in? Mm-hmm. Just having that trigger there. Number two, like what value do I place on this purchase? Is it aligning with what I want to do with my money? And is it worth the time I spent earning this money? Sometimes that's a good way to think about it. Sometimes it's not as helpful. But, and the third one, if I left the store or the website or wherever you are, if I left this transaction right now, would I still want to make this purchase in a day, a week, a month, a year's time? Yep. So just being a little bit more thoughtful about how I spend money. And that's just something that's worked for me. And you're going to have different questions that work for you. Yep. I like it. So what? why am I really spending this money? What value do I place on this purchase? And will I still be happy with this purchase in an hour? Yeah. Three days, a month, a year. I think the bigger your purchase, the bigger that time frame should become. If you're buying a new car, will I still be happy with this in two years? Yeah. Um, maybe you will. And I think one of the things you can do if you do start to go down that path is when you do try and justify it to yourself, is actually be realistic about the benefits of things. So I've actually, this is a bit of a separate preparation here, okay? I've come up with seven things I would spend money on and you could consider spending money on before you save. Yep. Okay, here we go. Here are my seven. All right. Healthy habits. So gym, leisure, sports, recreation, all things that bring happiness or wellness. I think those can be bucketed in there and those are... You know, these are all up to you to determine where it fits in your four buckets. But for me, those are things that I'm happy to spend money on and I'm happy to spend more money on. Um, The things that bring you joy. So this is probably, this could be anything, Um, but it's not like material products. So it's not things that have that fleeting moment of happiness, which we've spoken about many times in the podcast. It's normally activities. So memory dividends. That's something that I'm going to be spending more on going forward, much more. And this this one is... um, kind of a play on Barefoot's book, um, but also just in general, it's quite well established, which is that spend more on things that are you value. So this is actually telling you to go and spend more. So uh, things that I value are my mattress. I've got to have a good mattress. If I don't have a good night's sleep, I'm like, oh God, like I know. Sometimes I fall asleep on the couch, but that's a separate story altogether. But um, mattresses, like 
I recently bought a Makoda mattress, which is one of those ones in a box. Really good. Um, but there are a heap of good ones, like Koala does it in four hours as well. Um, shoes, pillows, all these types of things. Um, I think one thing that people tend to do is even once they've saved up for something, they struggle to spend money. This is not really something for me, but for the savers in the room. Um, when you save, say save $5,000 to do something or to buy something, some people still have friction even at that point. Once they know they've done everything that they quote unquote should do, they still struggle. This one's going to be a, this is more of a finance-y one. If insurance is really important, and I feel like more people should have it than they do, um, and the people that have it often have too much of it. It's a bit of a weird thing, but like things like life, income protection, health insurance, car insurance, spend money on them if it's going to bring you peace of mind. A lot of people don't. Um, high quality foods. We've talked about this on the show. The, the tomorrow's day starts today. If you want to wake up feeling good, and finally investing. I think these are things that this is by way of example that would uh, fall into categories where I think these are good spending habits. So these are good things to spend money on. Um, it's just my list, but that's how I was thinking about it in reflection today's for today's episode. Yeah, no, that's it. I like that. Um, so Kate. Where can people find the 10 things activity that you put together? Well, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. So <laughs> it'll be there. Otherwise, it's also in the FIRE course on RASC education and many other places on the internet. Yeah. Okay. So FIRE course, it'll be a link in the show notes. I'm just popping it down now. Uh, if you haven't already taken Kate's course, go and give it a crack. Um, if you are a RASC core member, you do get access to all beginner level courses for free on RASC education. So uh, it's an easy way. Don't pay the full price for any of the courses on there. Just go and get a membership and it will save you money. Um, okay, so just a reflection here. So we've got these four categories, um, spending based on needs, wants, knowing the environment and knowing your emotions, but also it's okay to spend money and it's okay to be different. If you spend a little bit more than the person next to you, so be it. But just know why you're doing that. And that will bring you more happiness than trying to fit into some box that someone's put together or done an online test or something like this. Yeah, and, and don't judge how other people are spending money because everyone's going to be spend, spending money on different priorities, on different financial goals. They're going to have mm. different reasons behind what they're doing. And you might not understand it. You might not have the whole picture to understand why they're spending money in the way they do. You won't understand their money story. But just really, I think it's important to focus on why you're spending money and what you want to do with it rather than looking at the world around you to either validate or invalidate what you're spending on. And saving money is not always a good idea, in my opinion. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to spend, but sometimes it's a saving year and you might have to cut back because you're saving really hard for a house deposit over a few years. And you mm. might go, well, that's my main priority this for the next few years. So I'm going to cut back in a few areas. I'm still going to spend, but a bit less because I know what my priority is for the next few years. Yep. 100%. Kate. I think we're talking to finance people on the podcast. So we all get this. Yeah. We know we should save some, but we know we should invest some. And we know we should spend some. Yeah. But we spend a lot of time talking about the investing and, and the saving. Some. And give some. Absolutely. Give some. And so, you know, all of these things, uh, there's a mix. And it's up to you to determine the right mix that brings you to absolute happiness. And try and just move them around a bit and see what works for you. I think that's the key here is just what works for you. Don't yeah. feel bad about and it. And if you haven't listened to our eight ways to... By happiness. That's another good episode, uh, mm. bringing in a bit of research into the things we can spend on that will actually bring us some more joy in our life because that's what we're all about. 
we want to invest our time and money better and we want to actually get some satisfaction from that. So I think there's a good amount to think about and reflect on from today's episode. And mm-hmm. I'd really encourage everyone to just think a little bit about how they spend money and how they can do it a bit more intentionally going forward. Yep, absolutely. So the eight ways to buy happiness is an episode we did recently. It's probably my favorite episode of 2022. If that's an endorsement, go and check it out. It's in the show notes. Kate, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.